0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Hanging Out with Hagen Playoff Edition. I'm your host, Ryan Hagen, alongside by my co-host and good friend, Steve Kregalski. Hey, hey. We have an awesome show planned for you today, uh, and we thought we would get right into it and start with some rapid fire recap of the first round of the playoffs.
1: Yes, we had a lot of close matchups this week, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Week one of playoffs. Uh, we're going to start over with the Aaron Effin-Blinders for Odell Beckham-Jesus. Jared pulls away 107.8, 98.5, Six and seven, Jared sneaking in the playoffs. Ten and three, Nick. Uh, that first round bye, he really could have used it right there. Didn't work out for him. Down goes Nick in the playoffs again. He gets in every year, but can't get it too far. Last year he lost in the championship. This year bounced in the first round.
0: Did pretty good avoiding some of those uh, schedule gate allegations there.
1: Yeah, you know it really kind of uh, vindicated what we're all believing that might have been something. Once you get to the playoffs, you're facing a good team every week. So congrats to Jared. We said he was a force going into the playoffs, and it held it out.
0: Uh, The next game in the playoffs was Kyle Miller and Trent Sorensen. This is a good one
1: here. This
0: one is a really good one, and I thought it was pretty special. So I thought a special game required some special analysis. So let's start with the shake and bake Kyle Miller versus look at the detail Trent Sorensen. We called it the carry classic going into the week, and boy, oh, boy, did it live up to the hype. With a mere 0.3 point lead and nobody left in his lineup, the rare carry classic quickly shifted to the much more familiar Miller Meltdown. Bitching and moaning while still providing live text updates to the group of his emotions as they trickled in, claims of always being a victim to some sort of unfair fantasy football conspiracy began to arise once again. The likes of which had thus far derailed any chances of past fantasy football successes. And certainly had nothing to do with his inability to utilize easily available resources to make informed, logical decisions. But the bitching paid off as it captured the attention of the fantasy football gods, which reminded them Miller was of little significance to them. The fantasy football gods quickly shifted their attention to their favorite victim, i.e., the Trenticle. In one foul swoop, they sniped the foot of Alshon Jeffrey, crushing Trent's hopes and dreams, and launching a full-on Trenter Tantrum.
1: Well, Ryan, that was quite the uh, intro there, and we decided to call Trent Sorenson himself to get instant reaction to this game. Trent, are you with us here? I'm here, boys. Just called in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I think you might have caught the tail end of that little uh, synopsis that Ryan had. What's your thoughts on it?
2: Oh, God. I think... um... I think Miller fancies himself as the guy in the league with the worst luck. I think Ryan's lived through me having the worst luck. Um, there's a lot to be said for that. I first thought, wow, this could only fucking happen to Miller. And then I stepped back and I thought more and I thought more and I thought, well, maybe Hagen or Banassi too. But only one of those three. Um, I don't know. Tempering wise, I was—I would say throughout that I was I was relatively laid back. I had a harder time on Sunday. And then I was talking to a guy at work about this very scenario heading into Monday night. And I told him if anybody could get hurt, it would be Alshon Jeffrey. (laughs) And everybody said he'll at least have one catch by that time. Well, here we are. Fantasy gods did what they did. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Anything
1: from you guys? I, you know, I could see Alshon getting hurt. I kind of had the same thought as your coworkers that he could get one catch. I, I didn't pay attention to the early first quarter of that game, but it looked like I got the ball thrown to him a couple times, just didn't connect. And Yeah, there was, there was at least
2: one that went through at his feet. I don't know what else.
1: Yeah, I think there was two, and then one seat threw out of bounds, and, and that was about it for him. Um, yep. It's, it's a heartbreak. But one thing I did take away from it was in that texting, um, you know, Miller, he he almost wills his way to, to getting that win in a bad situation. Um, kind of the opposite, where after it happened – I, I, there was a quote text, I should have screenshotted it, he says, Trent, you have the worst luck. So let's keep that mind yeah. moving forward, that he has he's officially done worst luck to Trent. Yeah, man, <laughs> losing... Well, after... you, guys
2: have both, you guys have
1: both experienced a bad luck win against me in the past. Yes, certainly.
0: Yeah, man, that was a uh, really, really tough break there. I, I kind of cannot believe Miller pulled that one out. Pretty
1: unbelievable, right? Well, you know, I just want to say congratulations on getting to the playoffs at first. You made the first step. Uh, One of you two were eventually going to get this win. Uh, Just didn't work your way. Got to crawl before you walk, right? That's right. You know, right foot in front of the other. So, uh, you know, take this, learn from it, and focus, and we'll take it from there.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I was sitting there Monday night, and that happened. And I saw him limp off the screen. Like, he he was on the near side of the screen towards you on the bottom. And I saw him push off the line, start limping, and I looked at Jeff and I go, he's fucking done. And then they showed, him on the, they showed him on the cart, sure as shit. I walked straight up to bed, didn't say a word, that was it.
1: I think that's all you can do there, and I apologize for laughing, but that's such an unbelievable situation there. Yeah. The
2: night prior, Miller also texted me congratulations. The night of, let's see what he texted me.
0: You
1: got the reign of Miller
0: texts?
2: Oh, a little bit. It, it wasn't too bad. He goes, dude, I'm sorry that happened. I wish that wouldn't have happened. Or I would wish that upon no one. Honestly, you have the worst luck of all time in fantasy. If that happened to me, I would have lost my shit. Jeffrey is useless. I swear he always gets hurt. All right. All right. Completely agree. But I could hear, I could just hear Miller's laugh in the background <laughs> of the entire thing. But I would have done the same thing. So congrats. I'm happy wins. I hope one of them put up a gigantic score so I'm not going to worry about it.
1: Yeah, that's all you can hope for at this point. But, uh, Trent, we appreciate you calling in for the quick uh, synopsis, analyst, and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right, boys. Take it easy. See you, Trent.
0: All right, moving along to the uh, not-quite-as-important, but uh, definitely as entertaining, if not more entertaining, the losers bracket. Steve, you want to start us off?
1: Absolutely. Definitely as entertaining, if not more, we we were talking about the losers bracket much more this past week. We'll start with the Always uh, talking about the losers bracket. Always. It's it's uh it's quite the interesting situation we have on our hands here. We'll start with the first game Danger Russ versus Pittsburgh Feelers. Big win by Ryan, 85.3 to 68.4. D, the last guy in and somehow throws up the lowest points total. He had just under 30% of his offense by Zeke and that was it low scoring output he's got to be nervous he's 0 and 1 going into the 0 and 1 game next week uh Ryan must be a great feeling to get that first win i don't know how do you feel about 85.3 you got away with the win but how do you feel about the score uh,
0: you know it was, you know if you look back at my scores uh the last like 6 weeks or so i've actually been like within like a 7 point range from 79 to or i guess an 8 point range 79 to uh uh 86 which is kind of odd so uh, my team's, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of churning along, and I'm hoping for a big performance. Russ only got nine points, so uh, hope, hopefully he does a little better next week for me.
1: Yeah, you know, if he picks up to a regular quarterback game, then all of a sudden you're in the 90s and it's not as bad. So you want to know though. That's all that matters. 0 you, from a kicker, too. And you, you live to fight another week. So, yeah, there's some good things uh, with this low outcome that you yeah. can be proud of. I definitely before. was
0: fortunate uh, to have Dietz put up a stinker, uh, which was kind of funny because he was the highest – season scorer within the loser bracket too. So probably
1: the least likely guy to put up a dud. Oh absolutely. We go to the next game, say by LaBelle versus the Hilton Green Inn I mean this team has a different name every week it feels like. Uh the ninth and tenth place teams. And it was a doozy. Going into Monday night football, I was down ninety-four point four to ninety-four point seven. Uh BJ pulls his defense as a smart manager would. I knew my only shot, there's no way I was going to come back from a point three differential in stat corrections in playoff mode didn't believe it. My number didn't budge, so I knew my end held up. Uh, so when Brandon pulled his defense, I knew I was screwed. So I started to talk a little shit in the group chat, try to get him riled up. A
0: little mental warfare. You right? know,
1: that's all I had left, and it, was, and it was desperation for sure. There's no denying that. I was desperate. And he said, you know, uh, maybe if, you know, my defense stays on my bench, but if there's stat corrections, then I can use my defensive points. Let's put it to a league vote. Pretty much B.J. just wanted to get away from not managing his team in the playoffs. Uh, Teams have pulled their defenses before, and you don't just get to use the bench points. If somehow he he got that rule passed, that opens up to a lot of interpretation for rules moving forward. It's like, you know, a judge sets a tone. All right, well, you know, I accidentally started this wide receiver instead of that one. I I want those points to counter for. So I did a lot of shit talking, and then I pulled the ultimate trump card, saying B.J. was scared of Eli Manning. I thought that there might have been a chance that the Phillies put up a negative one, only because it's Eli Manning. It's his last game probably ever. He was career 500, exactly 500 record. Paint Manning was in attendance. Some told me Eli might just have, by the stroke of God, with that luck that he had against Tom Brady's uh, Super Bowls, that you know he might pull something up at half. I was looking good. Catch a he, last minute heater. Yeah, one last heater. At half, he was down to four points. Uh, you know, he had to get hot one more half. It didn't work out. BJ won it by five. Congratulations, Brandon. He thinks that he won this out and I spread the lead further. This is all Steve mental warfare on Brandon, showing him that I am by far the superior male yet again, even though I lost. Mentally, I'm always one step ahead of him, like I like to say. Um, Anyways, I lost. So, you know, here we are. You got the win, I got the loss. Next week, I'm playing for that big, scary matchup. Next, we have a phone a friend to our buddy, Tony, all the way out in South Carolina, long distance line. Tony, how are you doing? Boys, what's going on? Hey, I just wanted to give you a call. We just went over the loser's bracket situation here, and we wanted to get your opinion as a former loser's bracket favorite to now first round by. um, Two-part question. One, uh, what advice do you have for the loser's brackets, guys? Hagan got one win, I got one loss. And then uh, how's it feel to be on the other end this time?
3: Oh, oh man! It, feel, it feels good to not be in Bragg for the first time in four or five years. So it's it's a, it's a different feeling. I, I I don't even know what to to say about it.
0: Sure, that's quite uh, a burden off your shoulders.
3: It's crazy. Like for the first time, I am not thinking about what I what stand up I have to do, or <laughs> or am I going to be wearing a dress or a carrot running around? <laughs> so it's, it's nice. It's a it's a welcome feeling. If, I,
1: if we had this podcast on TV or something, this is right where the part of the interview where I'd have the quotes. It's crazy, and it's nice. I think that sums it up perfectly for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's definitely good to be on the other side of the coin. Um, but yeah, for, for Hagen, I'd say for being the first time in Deeds, i say don't stress it. anybody can can make that second two, two wins because even know Brandon's got that win, He's got the last seed, so if, if something happens, he can still easily be back in in a Tin Man anytime soon. So
1: that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping <laughs> Ryan pulls it off. I want to see Brandon in this Tin Man cast. I'm hoping I pull it off too, man.
0: I I definitely feel you. I've I've actually been losing a little bit of sleep lately, stressing out over the Tin Man. So not something I'm used to, but I'm definitely well, not sleeping well. Yeah,
3: look, luckily you got a, a decent seed, so if there was a tiebreaker, which is was probably likely, and uh. In the round robin, but you might be
1: okay out of there. You you say don't stress, but I think you forget you're talking to Ryan Hagan here. So. Take then, some
0: help, Ryan. Uh, you tend to get stressed out from time to time.
1: Now, Tony, next
3: week. Hey, so, I need some CBD oil, man. It does
0: wonders. Ooh, I would love some of that.
1: Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I got some for you. I'll bring some over next time. Uh, Tony, you know, we're transitioning from the last week's results, and now we're going to start going into the look ahead. We're going to start with your game first. You have Jared Jacino coming up, who had, who just took down the other ten and three team. Uh, how you feeling? How you looking? What do you think about your squad? And, and and give me some thoughts.
3: Man, I'm I'm nervous. I think out of the everyone in the playoffs, I I did not want to play Jared's team. I was hoping that Nick could have pulled off a win because Jared's team is is looking strong, especially coming into the the playoffs. He's got the Packers, which are looking solid and. Just stole uh, A.J. Brown. I feel like Jared, every, every way or wire, he didn't save that money up. And him. he snatched the Panthers the other week from me. And A.J. Brown, I think he's going to be huge this week. But I'm kind of nervous, not going to lie.
1: Well, uh, I still think you have a slight edge over it, but I, I think this is the matchup that if I was doing game in the weeks in the playoffs, that I'd definitely highlight this one. Um, you know, Jared's 6-7, and seven, but he doesn't have a 6-7 and seven squad, so... It'll be interesting to see and uh you know all we can say is wait till Sunday and see how things turn out.
3: It's gonna be a big week. Big week, boys.
1: All right, Tony. Well hey, we appreciate you coming on. Wanted to get a quick couple thoughts and uh we'll catch you on Sunday. Good luck.
3: Alright, brothers. Talk to right. you.
1: Best today. of luck, Tony. Alright. And yeah, just like he said, Ryan, you know, big matchup against a big opponent. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I, I think he has a slight edge, but playoff time, you never know what happens. Yeah, Tony's
0: fully rested, ready to go. Uh, Jared's also trying to carry over a little momentum, been on quite a bit of a heater. So we'll see which one of those pay, plays out uh, more favorably.
1: Let's jump to uh, the next winner's bracket matchup. Uh, Hagan, talk about uh, the first play, first seed, Wes, versus uh, Lucky Miller.
0: <laughs> um So, like Tony, Wes coming off the bye, hopefully feeling very rested uh, and ready to go. Uh, I would expect Wes to have a big performance yet again. Uh, And I know I've given Miller kind of a hard time this episode, but uh, to be honest with you, uh, at the end of the day, I'm actually pretty impressed with how Miller's performed the last two years. He did... Showed significant improvement last year, and I could not have been more wrong this year. So I know I give him I was giving him a really hard time, but he's done a great job this year. So I expect for him to put up a fight, but I, I think West's team's just got too much firepower.
1: Yeah, I do too. Um, but, you know, as you can tell from last week, Miller, by the strike of God, figured out a way. Maybe this is just his... Uh, His season, you know. Is he kind of reminding us
0: a little bit about Dietz a couple years ago when he went on that crazy run and he was like the team
1: of destiny? That's what I'm trying to get at. Is Miller Miller the the team of
0: destiny this year?
1: We'll find out after Sunday. You know, I don't want to say wait to you know, the championship week that's kind of corny and kind of weak uh, to assess. But, uh, you know, if he wins this game... He very well could be the team of destiny. And if Jared wins this game, we might have a 7-6 to six and 6-7 six how, how about this?
0: So that run that Dietz went on, the biggest victim of, of Dietz's team of destiny season was Jared. Because Jared, well, that year, was like the best team. He was the West. And then, yeah. And then Dietz went on that magnificent, wild run and then ended up beating him in the championship game. So, I mean, I don't know, point. maybe it's a little... I, Jared's record against Team of Destiny is 0-1, so if yeah. he advances to the playoffs, I, maybe he wants to play West, not Team of Destiny Miller.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious to see this. Uh, it should be a good one to watch. We'll jump over to the loser's bracket. Let's talk about your game first, Ryan. Uh, Hilton Green in and Dangerous, both 1-0s. So you at least live to fight another week. Uh, You get the comfort. Even if you lose this game, you you still have one more game to go. Uh, But you can't get too comfortable, Ryan. Tell me about this. Mm, So, I
0: don't know how I'm feeling about this. Brandon is throwing uh, Adam Thielen at me, who's making his first start. Or expect, I should say, he's expected to make his first start since I traded him to Brandon a pretty long time ago. So, I I don't think it was a bad trade, but it would be – it would be – very uh, very disappointing if I lose because Adam Thielen hurts me. That would hurt. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to stay confident. I'm trying to stay kind of even-keeled here. Um, I don't have particularly great matchups at the top end of my order. Uh, Brandon did a really good job organizing his team, once he kind of knew he was out of it, to have great playoff matches to avoid the Tin Man. So we'll see if they p- it played out well for him last week against you, so... Hopefully, uh, he comes up short against me.
1: Yeah, uh, this will be a fun one to watch. We'll jump to the next one, say by LaBelle versus the Pittsburgh Feelers. And if there's a time for Le'Veon Bell to go down with an injury, it was last week. He's been questionable seemingly all year. Uh, I end up losing by a handful of points, as I mentioned with my strategy earlier. I was two, I was down .3. You know, that's when you start questioning, should I start at this guy, should I start at that guy? Uh, I'm not gonna fret over that, you know, things happen. I got to worry about this week. I'm facing Dietz, the last team out of the playoffs. Uh, he had a low scoring po- total last week, but that's not going to happen again. Um, you know, I'm in desperation about two 0-1 teams. After this game, one of us is going to be the first lock of the tin Going
0: to be the tin man. One of us is sure. going to be
1: dancing on the street looking like a fool. There's no doubt about it. So we both have to win two games in a row. Um, I don't know. There's not much to say. Everyone's going to be watching I'm sure the texting is going to be blown up. I always have my Sigma chi Rack text thread on mute. Um, I think I'm going to do one better this week, and I'm just going to put my phone away. Not because I you know, can't handle it. Yeah. I just don't need all the, the text, the, the Miller and Benassi text. It really won't be from anyone else. It'll be Miller <laughs> and Benassi. I just don't need that. Um, so I'm going to ignore it. But, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. we have.
0: I don't know about you guys, but all this fantasy football has had me pretty stressed out as of late. Um, And we thought, what better way than to relax by adding a new segment to the show that will hopefully help soothe everybody. Uh, We're calling it Fireside Steve, and uh, Steve, take it away.
1: Well, thanks, Ryan. Like you mentioned, the first segment of Fireside with Stevie. It's going to be a great time here. We're going to talk about something non-fantasy football related, but still interest to the league. Uh, and no better way to start our first segment ever with the MLB Winter Meeting free agency. We've had a lot of movement and shaking. A lot of stuff happened the past few days, so let's get right to it. Uh, we'll start back with the earliest big free agent signing by none other than my Southside White Sox. He has Manny Grandal, four years, $73 million, a few days before Thanksgiving. Big move. They already had an all-star catcher, uh, but, you know, he might be a one time stud. We don't know if it'll happen again, if he can repeat his performance, James McCam. So now we add him uh, between Abreu, him, and McCam, DH, first base catchers on lock. Uh, but the true story this offseason so far is the pitching market, which is hot. We have a lot sizzling of hot. sizzling hot. Like you're just over the fire cooking your s'more, and you're a little too close, and you're burning yourself hot. We start with Zach Wheeler. Five years, $118 million to the Phillies. Staying inside his division, leaving the Mets, going to the Phillies. Phillies are showing a propensity to spend big money like they're the Yankees. Uh, you know, with the Bryce Harper signing last year and the trade for Ramalto and, and now Zach Wheeler, uh, they're in it for keeps. They're trying to figure it out. New manager Joe Girardi. So, uh, you know, big signing, big move. You know, is he worth 120000000 million? They're kind of uh, spending on potential and not past performance, but big move nonetheless. Then let's take a step up. Steven Strasburg staying with the only team he's ever known, the only organization he's ever known. Seven years, 245. Signed that a handful of days ago. $35 million average salary. Uh, I was surprised he got that much. I thought he'd be about $7,200. Um, all that helps, though, is the next guy we're going to talk about, Garrett Cole. Nine years, $324 million. The evil empire is back spending big money. In the dead of night, I wake up this morning to see Cole sign the biggest deal by far in pitching history, the biggest average salary deal from a free agent in MLB history. This deal will work out for a few years. I don't know how long it will last, but, you know, good for them. They're in it for a long haul. It's going to be weird to see Garrett Cole without a beard. He's going to have to trim up a little bit. And those are the signings today, They're the big names. Let's not forget, there's a lot of names out there, most notably Anthony Rendon. I've heard rumblings that the Nationals are still looking to sign him. I don't know where they have this money, but they're giving it an effort. My guess is he's going West Coast. I've heard Dodgers. I've heard Angels. They're a hot team right now. Uh, after Rendon signing, you got the outfield guys going. Marcelo Zuna, rumblings. He was going to go to the Sox, but it was an illegitimate report. I've heard Reds. I've heard a couple other teams. Cassianos, that's the name everyone's wondering where he's going to go. That's the hot outfielder. Um, those two guys I think are going to fall soon right after Rendon signing. And don't forget, everyone's forgetting that uh, Yasiel Puig is a free agent as well. If you don't get Ozuna Castellanos, Puig might be a great you know, fallback option. You know, Still costs a lot of money, but not bad. Even with the pitching market going crazy, we still have a few more pitchers available. Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, $100 million deal is what he's looking for. I thought that was crazy, but with these deals that are being signed now, it looks like you might actually get it. I've heard everything from the Twins to the Angels, back to his team. A lot of options. Uh, then we have the pitcher out of Dodgers, which I honestly don't know how to say his name, but his last name is Ryu. Second team, all MLB. Second uh, in Cy Young voting this year. No one's talking about him, so he might be a good option for some teams. Don't forget about a past Cy Young winner, Dallas Keuchel. He took a gamble on himself for four months last year, and he's looking for, to cash in a big deal. Something else to, to think about is the trade market. I've heard two reports about some young stud short stats that might be traded. What is Carlos Correa? People might be surprised, but the Houston Astros are about to have a big salary problem moving forward in the next handful of years. and need to move someone. Correa hasn't lived up to all his hype. Still a great future, though, so he's going to cash in early. Francisco Lindor, you know, even the owner said earlier last year that he might not sign him back just because of how much he's going to cost. So they're already looking to shop Lindor. I heard the Dodgers, which is interesting with Seager and with Turner and with a lot of other things, but if someone's going to do it, it might be the Dodgers. And to finish off fireside with Stevie, let's get a little hometown flavor in here. North side, South side. Uh, Tom Ricketts on the North side recently said in an interview that his construction budget for the Wrigley Field renovations finished at one billion dollars, which is about 100 percent over the estimated budget. Uh, at the same time, we're hearing uh, potential trades for Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, and that Anthony R- uh, Rizzo's agent said they weren't even talking contract extensions. Sound like there's some f- uh, fiscal. Problems going on in that organization, which you they're starting an ML, their own TV network, so you still think that would be a problem. Uh, something's going on here, they might be more sellers than buyers, uh, but you know, maybe not. I don't know. On the other end, you got the south side, you got the White Sox looking to spend money, trading for no more whatever move. Like I mentioned before, they also got Grand they're in the Castellanos uh, market and Ozuna market as well, still, even with Mazzara, uh, looks like they're spending. I've also heard they might hold off till next year, Like for their pitching uh, prospects to catch up. There's still a lot of moving and shaking, but it's interesting to see how these two sides of town might be flipping in, in approach right now. Uh, so something to keep an eye on for you hometown guys. And that is the first ever segment of Fireside with Stevie. Thanks for that, Steve.
0: I'm feeling way more relaxed already. Nice
1: Shift the focus away from fantasy football every once in a while. It's the soothing crackles of the fire that just kinda of puts you in
0: Soothing Crackles for a soothing guy.